Happy is Hanukkah, everyone. Last day of Hanukkah. We dedicate this class to our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those on the front line. Hashem to keep them safe. And all the wounded have a full and speedy recovery, and all the hostages return home safely. So we continue. We left off the fourth chapter in Babakama, uh, 42b on the bottom. The third line from the bottom. So yesterday we learned that Rabbi Akiva taught, it says that if when your animal is a habitual gore and killed already three people, the fourth person he killed, and he killed a man or a woman, so you have to pay the koif. So the question is, why they already, we already know that men and women are equal. It doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. It said earlier already. Why does it say again? So Akiva says, it comes to teach us, just like the man, if he's killed, who gets the money, the kaifer? You evaluate his, his worth in the marketplace, and the owner of the gore, of the ox that gored and killed him has to pay the kaifer. Who, who gets the money? The children. So to the woman, not her family gets it, the children in there. Now I'm saying, her children, her, I'm sorry, her children get it, not her husband. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mother says, uh, uh, what? It doesn't exist yet at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, so your mother says, right, but Rabbi Kiva holds that uh, he learns out in the Pasuk, in Pinchas, which talks about inheritance, that it says that the She'era is referring to that the husband, the husband inherits the wife. The wife doesn't inherit the husband, the husband inherits the wife. So why shouldn't the husband inherit the paper? So he says, because the husband only inherits the wife. This is the exception, the rule. Because the husband only had money that she already has in the possession, money that's coming to her. Let's say she, she's an heiress, uh, you know, and her father dies after she dies, and she get, inherits billions, that doesn't go to the husband. If when she died she had the billions, the husband would inherit it. But so the whole suit over here, the kaifer, the payment only kicks in after even though maybe she could have been critically wounded. She's in the ICU. And all the doctors say, listen, call the family, say goodbye, because it's over. And you can evaluate her right then and there. No. The, the payment only kicks in just like the axe. When do you, when do you stone the axe, the gourd? Only after she actually dies. Even though it's inevitably she will die. It doesn't matter. So too, when does the pay for payment only kicks in after she actually dies? After she actually died... The money already now belongs to the children, not to the husband. So Yamada as we left off the third line from the bottom, 42b. By damages, Rabbi Kiva did not say that the, that the... In other words, even other damages with the, with the payment is due, payment is due when the wife is still, still alive. Didn't Rabbi Kiva say that the husband does not inherit? But Tanya, we learn the Braise. He, because he should be also Yeladeh, they beat the woman, they hurt the woman, and they caused her to miscarry. So, nice and Nezek with Tzalisha. So, there's many payments here. So, the damage and the pain that you pay to the woman directly. With Mevalod, there is what the, the, the value of the, of the, of the children who miscarried. How do you evaluate it? How much is a woman worth who's not pregnant? A woman who's pregnant is worth more because you're not just buying the woman, you're buying also uh, the pregnant. You're buying the children. So whatever the difference is, that's what, that's, the, that's what you cause. That loss 
That financial law is that you pay the husband. What if there's no husband? The husband died. There's no husband. So nicely, then you give it to the children, the inheritors. You pay to the estate. What if the woman died? Before, before you had a chance to pay her. Or maybe she died together with the... Oh, yeah, before you had a chance to pay her. She died, not because of the of, of the of the beating. She died. So then you pay the money for the pain and for the damage. Lear shell, and the husband is alive. You give it to her children, not to the husband. What if she was a maid, and then she was freed? After she was freed, she. Became pregnant, she conceived from a, a slave that was also free, a or a convert that's married to a girl. So, in other words, there's no children. There's, there's no one. There's no one to inherit. There's no family. There's no children. They're like converts. So in that case, Zacha, the one with the damage, he he gets it. <laughs> he doesn't have to pay anyone, since there's no inheritance. There's no inheritance, there's no one to demand, so he doesn't have to pay, he keeps the money all to himself. But what do we see from here, according to Rabbi Akiva? Rabbi Akiva is saying that even the damage when she was alive, right, caused the miscarriage, and it caused the miscarriage, uh, and you have to pay for the damage and for the pain, her pain, and her the damage that you caused her, the injuries, the damage that you caused her. Who gets that money? Not the husband. The children. So we see that even when the husband is alive, just ask well, why doesn't he? Why doesn't he mention the payment for the medical bills to give to give to give Doctor Phil or uh, to pay for the unemployment? It's because it's not such a big unemployment. She loses her children. Miscarriage. Not exactly. There's a great medical bills. A lot of medical bills involved. You tell me, or or there's no great uh, unemployment involved. It's not like you're incapacitated, but there's a lot of pain, a lot of pain, there's a lot of loss of blood, and, and there's a lot of pain. So that you have to pay for the pain. What about what about the shame, humiliation? Why doesn't he mention humiliation? He says it's not always humiliation. Because if you have, if you intend to hurt someone and, by, and then you hurt someone else, you're not liable for shame. Shame has to be, according to Rabbi Shimon, has to be you sh- the one you intended to shame that person. Even though I intended to shame someone, it's not enough. I intended to shame someone. I intended to shame you, and I shamed you. Only then are you liable. So there's a scenario where there's no shame. That's why he doesn't mention mention shame. We learned the brayse, so we don't want to make an argument. Surely Rabbi Kiva would agree with his brayse. So how do you reconcile? Rebbe Kiva holds, Rebbe Kiva says that the husband inherits the wife. Or why shouldn't he, if the wife died, why shouldn't he get the money for the, uh, for the loss and for the pain, her pain? Why do you give it to her children? So Rabbi, Rabbi answers, the Bryce is talking about Bigrusha. There is no husband. Why? Divorce. Is the worst. Single. After after the wound, after I got hurt, divorced. 
So therefore, in that case, if she dies, the children get it. But what if there's no husband? Indeed, if there's a husband, he gets it. Except for Kaifa, that's the only exception. Because it comes after death. But this, which came during her life, the husband would get it. Nachman also says, is correct. There's no exceptions except Kaifa. So in this case, also, why does the Brahsa then say that the children get it? There is no husband, he's out of the picture. Divorced. Amri, but this academy and the students of Yeshiva asked, if he's divorced, then they, they should divide. Why does the uh, the financial loss for the for the miscarriage for the children that were lost? Why does it go to the husband? She should receive it because where does the Titus says the Titus says clearly you have to give to the husband but as long as he's a husband if he's no longer the husband he's not Balish he's no longer the husband why should he get why should he get he shouldn't get anything the Tiflik half split it because when she had when the wound happened when the incident happened she was the husband and then he divorced so at least split it to 50-50 because he had a he, he was the husband at the time but that, don't give it all to the husband he's out of the he's, he's they're divorced so Amara Papa Papa responded to this question no even if he's never married her even if he's never married her if, she, if she's the father if he's the father, it doesn't mean husband married properly. It means the husband, meaning the father of the child. So the Torah gives the, the, the children belong to the father for this. So therefore, it doesn't matter if he's divorced. Just like if he was never married, the Torah. If he's never married, surely if he was married and divorced, he's the father. So therefore, the, the, the value of these uh, miscarried children, the child belongs to him, goes to him. My time, because I'm a dog. Yashas Allah Baal Isha. Baal doesn't mean in the sense of husband. Baal means Baal, the one who uh, was intimate with her, right? A relation to them. Yeah. Why does Rabban Rav Nachman have to explain the Braise is talking about a case where the husband is out of the picture? Then you say, if the wife dies, if the mother dies, who they cause the miscarriage to, then you give the, the damage and the financial damage and the, and the pain, the money that you give to your children, not to the husband. In Nukme, I have a better way of explaining the Bryce. We could have explained the Bryce and set up the Bryce as talking about a case. In other words, let's say they collected money. Since they collected money, they're paying with money. Well, they collected real estate to pay to pay for the damage. So therefore, since since the money, she didn't have the money then. Yes, there was an obligation to pay. So according to Rabba, the fact that the obligation was from before, while she was still alive, but since the money, the cash doesn't come in, didn't come in till after she died, so the husband can't inherit it. Because it's like, 
It didn't come in yet. You only inherit money that she actually has in her pocket. Whatever she has and possesses is hers, that's what you inherit. Money that's coming in, even if you know it's coming in, it doesn't matter. She doesn't have it. According to Rav Nachman, no. If you know for sure that money is coming in, then it's already in her pocket. Then the husband would. But what if they pay by, by, giving, by giving, giving her a piece of real estate, a piece of property? So therefore, Rav Nachman says... Since she didn't have the property, surely you can't say that she had it already. Totally not. So therefore, the husband cannot inherit it. What's this argument in Abba of Nachman? The question is regarding a It says the firstborn gets a double portion, but we only get a double portion of the property that's in possession of the father when he died. So there's an argument, what if the father um, was a creditor? Someone owed him money. So, so therefore, it's inevitable that this money belongs to the state, belongs to the father. He doesn't have it yet. He laid out money, but he's going to get it back. So it depends what form, what form they paid back. So he says, Im Im karka If they collect property, and that property was mortgaged already, mortgageable, was mortgaged to pay back the loan. So it's as if he had it already in his possession. The property already existed before he died, and that property had his name on it. So therefore, the, the Bukhar can get double portion of that property as well. But Gabumois, they collect money. He doesn't have the money. He gave out the money. He doesn't have it. Right. So they gave back the money. The money comes in later. So the prayer will get, they'll inherit, but equally, not not double portion. What difference does it make? That money he lent out his own money, and he has, he's going to get paid. It's as if he has it already. But I'm But just the opposite. Nachman says, but property not, because property he didn't have this property. Not, not enough it was mortgaged to him. They didn't have this property. So he says the exact opposite. But money, he borrowed money and he's going to pay back with money. So it's as if, it's as if the money, I, it's mine. I just temporarily lend it out, gave it out, but it's coming right back. So since he took, gave money and you took back money, you're taking back money, it's as if he never, he never lost it. So he always had it, ready in his pocket. So that's an argument in Abba of Nachman. So over here also you can explain. Depends how they paid back. According to Abba, you can say, he's talking about in the case, the Bryce is talking about a case where they pay the damage and the pain. The, they pay the one who hit the woman, caused the miscarriage. They paid with property. And according to Rav Nachman, we're talking about a case where they paid with money. And therefore, it's as if he has it already. No, so if then the case he has it, then the husband would inherit. So according to Rabba, we're talking about a case that, on the contrary, they collected with money. So he doesn't have it. They paid with money. According to Rav Nachman, we're talking about a case where they, they paid with, with, with real estate. So therefore, he doesn't have it. She never had it. So the husband doesn't inherit it. She dies, husband married, doesn't belong to him. So Hamdi, so the yeshiva answered the reason why Rabbi Rabbi said the bride is talking about with, with the, the husband's out of the picture, he divorced her. And, and why didn't they give this other answer? Rabbi Nachman, they themselves, consistent with their own 
with their own uh, uh, understanding, they could have explained the Braise in a much, much better way. The argument in by the firstborn is only explaining according to the rabbis, the Bnei Marava from the West, Israel, who hold that any improvement over the property, if the improvement, if the property appreciated after the death, it's considered. It's considered as if, as if uh, you know, as if the, if it was there before the death, and therefore the bchur does get double portion, because any improvement of the property that already exists, that it already has at the time of death, so it's 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 there. Doesn't matter if it happened after, but it's it's he already has the property. So any improvement, it's already in hand, and therefore the the firstborn would get. So according to therefore, then they have an argument. According to that, the argument of Nachman about payment, the payment of the loan, depends how you pay it. If you pay it, Abba holds. If you pay it in property, then it's at hand. It was as, it was at hand at the time of the uh, of the death. If he pays the loan according to Nachman, no, exact opposite. If he pays, if they pay back the loan with money, cash, then it's as if it was at hand. Not not property, but but kikamri hachikadebi. But this brayse we're following the opinion of Rebbe. Rebbe argues in the rabbis. He says that any appreciation of the property after the death happened after the death. The firstborn doesn't get the double portion of that appreciation. So according to him, he can't answer either way. It doesn't matter how they paid, whether they paid with money. Or they paid with property, or they paid with property. It doesn't matter. According to either of them, according to the Rebbe, it only came in later. So therefore, the husband would not inherit. So only, I, I'm, I'm, um, no, I'm sorry. The Rebbe holds that it is considered in hand. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Every any appreciation of the property is considered as if it is in hand. He argues with the rabbis say any appreciation of property you don't get up. According to Rabbi, you do get up. Any any appreciation of property you do get double. So only according to the rabbis, that's they have an argument. When you pay back a loan, you consider it could you consider it as if it were already in hand before he died or not? So that they have an argument in Rabbi and Rab Nachman depends how you pay back. According to Rabbah, if they pay back in property, the property was mortgageable, so it was already in the hand of the lender. So, according to Rab Nachman, the exact opposite. If he paid back in cash, he gave him cash, and he gave him come back in cash. So that was already in his hand. He just temporarily gave it to him, and you know it's coming back. And therefore you would be able to answer, explain our b'raisa, that in the case, according to the rabbis, in the opinion of the rabbis, if... The husband, according to the Abba, if the husband paid, if they, if they paid the woman for damages and for this, if they paid in cash, they paid in cash, then who would the inheritors, the children would get it, not the husband. If she dies, why? Because it's not in hand. According to the Nachman, they get the opposite. If they pay in, in real estate, that's not in hand, and therefore the husband would not inherit. But according to the Rebbe, Rebbe holds. 
that any appreciation, the Bukhar, the firstborn, does get double portion of the appreciation, is considered already in hand. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how they pay. How they pay for the for, for the woman for her miscarriage? Or they pay in with real estate, or they pay with money. It doesn't matter. Either way. It's already considered at hand. So if the husband, if he's still the husband, why does he? Why doesn't he inherit? Why should the children inherit? That's why they have to explain. I mean, I'm not going to have to explain. He's talking about where he's divorced. He's out of the picture. After the miscarriage, they got divorced. Tragedies either bring families closer together or they fall apart. So they fell apart and uh, and uh, divorced. And she blamed him, whatever it was, and and therefore he's out of the picture. Then then the children inherit. The axe that killed a Canaanite non-Jewish slave. But it was done unintentionally. It didn't intend to kill. You're exempt from paying the fine of 30 shekels. You kill, you axe, gores, and kill. Canaanite non-Jewish slave is a fixed sum. Whether the slave is worth more, whether he's worth less, he pays shleishim. Remember, it says, how do we know this? You pay thirty shekel, and the axe, the axe is stone. When is the axe stone? The tater juxtaposes it. Only when the axe is stone, then you are obligated to pay the, the fine of thirty shekel. When is the axe stone? Only if it's done intentionally. Since the axe is only stoned if it's intentional, so only then, only the payment of thirty shekel only is only only if it was intentional. If it's not intentional. The axe is not stoned. You also don't have to pay the thirty shekel. Another halacha, said, an axe that Gordon killed a free person. Unintentionally, you don't have to pay kaifu. Even if it was the fourth time that he killed, you don't have to pay kaifu. Then it says, "I shed you That you stone the axe, and you have to evaluate the owner of the axe has to pay the kaifu, the value of the person who killed. So again, we juxtapose it to man When does the owner have to pay kaifu? Only when the when the axe is stoned. But if the axe is not stoned, for example, if it was done unintentionally, then you, then there's no payment, there's no atonement, you don't need the atonement of kaif. We learned in the Mishnah, if you remember, we learned in Suvah. If a person comes to court and he confesses, he says, Hey, Miss Shady is blowing me. My axe killed so and so. Oi, he says, or, or killed so and so's axe. And he's a Mashalam Apiyatsma. He comes clean, he has to pay. Because it's not a penalty. It's a. It's a. Um, it's, it's the, you have to pay for the damage. Well, my love, surely we're talking about koifer. What do you mean? What's he paying? He's paying koifer. When you kill a person, what payment is there if your axe kills someone? What payment does the owner of the axe have to pay? 
What payment is involved? You have to pay the value of the person that was killed. But here, in this case, the axe is not, is not, there's no skiller. He said he comes clean. He confesses. It means there's no witnesses. If there's witnesses, you don't need, so the axe is not, is not stoned to death. You just said if the axe is not stoned to death, then there's no kaifer. Here he's saying he comes clean and, and the owner has to pay. Why? If the axe is not stoned, then there's no kaifer. Directly contradicts this mission. Directly contradicts what Rabbi said. So Rabbi said, "No, lo, it's not a question. No, it's not so. Lidamim. He means the, the the you have to pay the value. Just like if you, if the if the axe caused injuries, if the axe ca- caused injuries to the person, if the axe caused injuries to the person, we're, we're doing the daf." Just like if the axe causes cause injuries to a person, you have to pay for the injuries. Mm-hmm. So if you kill a person, there's also injuries involved. I mean, there's also a payment involved. So what's so what's so what's the what's so this kaifit is how much that person would have been worth if you sold him as a slave in the marketplace. But just like there's damages, you took a person away. You have to pay damages. How do you evaluate the damages? Rambam says, If that's what the mission, Abai doesn't accept this. If that's what the, if that's what the mission means, they must safer. Look at the end of the day. If he says he confesses, he comes clean. He says, "My axe killed a non-Jewish Canaanite slave." He doesn't have to pay the thirty shekels. Be dumb, but if if you have to pay, if we're talking about dumb, we're not talking about uh, penalty to thirty. We're talking about and like any other damage. If you damage someone's slave, you don't have to pay. You pay for damages. If you take someone's life, there's damages involved. You took a person away. There's damage to his family. There's damage. He's the breadkeeper. I mean, there's a lot of damage that you cause. It's like any other damage. What does he have to pay? There's a financial damage that you inflicted. You took away the breadwinner. It's tremendous damage. That you have to pay. So why in the case of the Canaanite slave is also damage? I'm missing his service. I'm not going to have a service. I paid for the slave. Forget about the, the, the penalty of 30 shekels. So why does he, why does he doesn't have to pay? What about the, the we're not talking about the Shlesh Nekel. There's, there's damages. So I'm a lay. So I've answered that by you. I could have answered you that the Reish Adamim say for Knas. That the Reish is talking about payment of damages. Not the Kaifer. But the Sefer is talking about the, the, the Knas. Yes, of course he has to pay them for the damages for killing the Canaanite slave. He's talking about the penalty of 30 shekel. I could have answered. I don't want to give you a... It's not a good answer. In the same price, he's not consistent. Here he's talking about the financial damage. Here he's talking about the, the penalty and extra damages. But I'll, t- I'll tell you like this. They're both talking about... The damage, the financial damage. We continue in side B, 43. Miu, nevertheless, the difference between them. Ben Chayrim. Ben Chayrim, Shalom, A free person. If he kills a free person. That you pay Koyfer, How do you pay Koyfer if you come, if you confess? How could you pay Koyfer if you confess? We just said, if you confess. You're off the hook. You're off the hook because the, the animal, there's no witnesses. The animal is not stoned. No, I'll give you a scenario. 
He also Witnesses come and testify that he killed. So of course the animal is going to be stoned. But they don't know if he's the first time, the second time, the third time, or the fourth time. He comes along and he confesses it's the fourth time already. My animal is a serial killer. <laughs> they thought it's the first time. This, the animal gets stoned the first time. But he's confessing as the fourth time. Right. So the animal is stoned and he has to pay the kaifer. Right. And he said, the owner says, you should know he's a muir. That you have to pay kaifer. On your confession, you have to pay kaifer. Because it's not a knas. It's a, it's, it's, it's a financial thing. You took away the person, you have to pay his value. So therefore, since we find a scenario where it's possible that you can pay, confess, and pay kaifer, therefore, even in the case where there is no witnesses and the animal is not stoned, and he confesses that it's, it's farther north even the first time, he confesses. I mean, he confessed. We don't know anything about it. There's no witnesses. Even if there's no aid, Mishalim Dom. So weird. There's no witnesses. He can. He can pay the kaifer. Because when do you pay the kaifer? Only if there's stone. Since the animal is not stoned, there was no witnesses altogether. So therefore, the animal he doesn't pay the kaifer. But at least he has to pay the he has to pay the damage that he admitted. Damage, you took away a life, you took away a person, it's damage, you took away a productive worker, you took him away from his family, it's damage that you caused. What difference is it? What difference is it? Injuries, you have to pay for injuries. This is also the biggest injury. You took a life away, he's missing, he's gone, he's not late, he's not coming ever. So, well, what I mean, you have to pay for that. But but in the case of a Canaanite slave, you never pay even if you confess. For example, let's say witnesses come and say that he killed, that your ox killed, gored and killed his Canaanite slave. But again, they don't know if he's a Tama Mu'ad. When do you pay? When do you pay the Shleishim Shekel? Only for a Mu'ad. And and he comes and confesses and he says, You should know Muru, it's the fourth time already my axe killed. So even though you kill the axe, you stone the axe. But nevertheless, because Shleishim is a Knas. According to everyone, Shleishim is a Knas because it's fixed. Anything that's fixed is a Knas. You're paying, it could be more than the value, less than the value. That's not, that's not payment. That's not financial payment. Koifer is financial payment. You're paying the value of this person, how much he was worth in the marketplace. So that's a, that's a payment. That's an argument. Even there, it's an argument whether it's a payment or not. But at least there's an opinion that says it's a payment. But here, it's surely a knas. Going to everyone, because it's fixed. Same amount, no matter what. He could be the most valuable slave in the history, and you're only getting 30 shekels. It could be worthless, and you're getting 30 shekels. So if, if he confesses, let's say he comes and he says a place where it could be kaifer. Because they came and they testified, the witnesses testified that the axe killed the Canaanite. And therefore, the axe gets stoned. But but they can't give kaifer because we don't know. Maybe it's the first time. Maybe it's the second time. I don't know. Maybe it's the fourth time. I don't know. Then he comes and he confesses the fourth time. So we say he's exempt from kaifer because he came clean.
a knas, you confess. If I'm clean, you don't have to pay. So therefore, even in the case where there's no witnesses, so therefore, even in the case where there are no witnesses, and the animal doesn't get stoned, and he confesses, you say, you don't even have to pay for the damage. You don't pay for anything. Because it doesn't say anywhere in the title. The title doesn't say anywhere that you have to pay financial damage if you kill someone. We're just saying, we're just assuming in our own logic. If you pay for damages, surely if you kill someone, there's also damages involved, the biggest damage. Forget about what the Torah is discussing. Kaifer. In the case of a free person, in the case of a slave, a Canaanite slave, you kill the Canaanite slave, you have to pay the 30 shekel. Forget about all of that. Just damages. But the Torah doesn't mention a word. All the Torah discusses is kaifer. You just, you just basically on your own logic. So therefore, we can say, since it doesn't say anywhere in the Torah, it does depend. It is dependent on if there is a scenario. If there's a scenario where you pay kaifer, with where there, where there are no witnesses for the kaifer, then in that scenario, if there are no witnesses and if there is no skiller, but still I would pay, I would pay, I would pay damages. But in the case where there is absolutely nothing, you can never, even though you confess, you can never pay, pay uh, on your own confession. You can never pay the, the, the thirty shekel. In that case, there's no, you don't pay for anything. Whoever is obligated, liable in the case of Ben Chayden, he's also liable in the case of a slave. Kaifer and and death. Kaifer bevemiko. What do you mean? What does the brayse mean? There's no kaifer if you axe gourd and kill Canaanite non-Jewish slave. There's no kaifer. You just pay the thirty shek. Elolav. Surely, what does he mean? The brayse means it means damim. He means kaifer. He doesn't mean kaifer. He means the case of damim. You pay the value. So Rabbi said that only. So he says whatever you're obligated. And Ben Chayin, by it's not true. Oh, Ben Chayin, the free person. If you confess, you have to pay for the damim. You have to pay for the damage, for killing. But the in the case of Evid, Rabbi, Rabbi says you don't have to pay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay for the damage. Why? So the Bryce says says uh, says no, you are obligated to pay. Others say, that's the best one. The one who asks the question figures it out and answers his own his own question. The answer Others say, Rabbi, Rabbi answered the question. He couldn't answer, Rabbi himself answered the question. What? This is what the Bryce means. We're talking about the Bryce doesn't say any time a free, for a free person for killing a free person you kill the free person it's very specific very specific he did it intentionally and there's witnesses and there's then you lie you will never you have to pay and whatever you're obligated liable without kavan you have to pay dumb. you don't pay then there's no kaif because because the axe is not gourd, so then then by a slave 
Shalaiba Kavan. So therefore there's no there's no there's no um, skila. The animal is not stone because if he killed without intention, the animal is not stone. So there's no kanas of thirty shekels. But then I'll be him, Not if he confesses. If he confesses, he wouldn't pay like like Rabbi said earlier. But if but if he if he doesn't confess, witnesses come, so you can't stone him because it was done unintentionally, and therefore there's no shleishim shekel. You have to pay damim. You have to pay the damage. But only not if he confesses. If he confesses, he doesn't pay any. That's the case. If you're saying that in a place where there's no kaifer, there's no knas, you still have the penalties. This is, whole, this is so novel to us. Till now we assume that that's the only payment, the only financial payment the Torah discusses is either kaifer by a free person or in the case of a Canaanite slave. Because a Canaanite slave, shleishim shekel, 30 shekel. Now you're telling me a whole new thing that no, that's besides the payment you pay for the damage for killing a person. So the Rabbi says if that's the case, if there is such an obligation to pay on top of the kaifer and on top of the shleishim shekel, if that's the case, Ishoi, what if a person lights a fire? And he didn't, he didn't intend to kill anyone. And the fire went and burned someone who was handcuffed, chained, in prison, locked up in prison. He died, burned to death. There were witnesses. So in the Shalim Dhamma, he should pay for the financial damage. He's exempt from Kaifer because it was unintentional. Since it was unintentional. We learn now from the Pasik. In Kaifer, Yushas Olav, Olav, Loyal Ishay. On him, not a fire. If he lit a fire and the fire killed the person, there's no Kaifer. You don't have to pay coin. But at least you should pay you should pay money. So Mother says, So what's the Rav's question? We don't understand Rav's question. According to Rabba, maybe you do pay. We know the Rav How does no Rabba take it for granted you don't pay? You're exempt from Kaifa. Maybe you do pay for the damage that you've caused. You've taken a life, you've taken a person out of the picture. It's tremendous damage. You know the damage it is. An earner, you've taken a young person, an earner, you could earn, make money for the next 50 years. You've taken a person out of his family, you know, what kind of damage you've caused. Of course, there's a financial price for that. So it could be evaluated, the damage. Elaim, if you're going to say, we did not. Rav is basing it on, we learn the mission, we're going to learn later on in the track day. And if a person lights a fire, he lights a fire in the side of and there was a goat tied next to the fire. And also, Ebed, and there was a Canaanite slave next to the fire in Israel, and they were burnt with the fire. Chayev, he has to pay for the silo that he burned to the ground, and he also has to pay for the goat. But he's exempt for the slave. Because the slave, the slave should have run away. An animal is not so conscious, his own consciousness is not so central to consciousness, so he couldn't protect himself. But a, a person, a chaos person, is conscious, should have run away, so I'm not responsible for his death. It's like the Israelis telling them to move. If you, don't, if you willingly choose to stay, I'm not responsible. You move, get out of it. What if? What if the slave was tied up, handcuffed, chained? And the goat was next to it. 
The Gdi wasn't, the Gdi wasn't tied up. In the previous case, the Gdi was tied up, so the, the Gdi couldn't escape. An animal also knows it to protect itself. It's in danger, it's going to run. So there, Gdi, Samachlei, they were both burned together with the fire, Potter. He doesn't have to pay for anything. He doesn't have to, Rav Rav understood the Mishnah, that the one who lit the fire doesn't have to pay for the goat, doesn't have to pay for for the slave. He doesn't have to pay for the goat, because the goat should have escaped. He wasn't tied up. And not for the slave, because if you kill a person, you're exempt from any financial payments. You hold that fire is like your, like your spear, throwing a spear, like you directly cause the damage, like you personally cause the damage. So you, you're a murderer. You lit a fire, you cause you, you cause the death. Capital crime. Whenever there's a capital crime, you're exempt from punishment. But the rubber holds. But if you hold like the opinion. That's Rabbi Yechen's opinion. But if you hold that Isha Mishum Mamoinoi, it's like your money. It's like your acts doing damage, not you personally. So there is no capital punishment. There's no capital punishment. So why are you exempt from paying? Why would you be exempt from paying? So you have to say that fire, you're exempt from paying. There's no, there's no financial. Uh, so that's why if Rabbi sees from that mission, he understood that when it comes, if your fire caused the death, there's no payment whatsoever. According to the Shlakish, according to the Shlakish, the whole day so therefore there is no, there is no, uh, the, clearly you don't pay anything. You don't pay anything. It says you're exempt from payment. Not only are you exempt from the 30 shekel, you don't pay anything. What do you mean? It's financial damage. You see, if you fire, uh, if your fire does damage, you're exempt from payments. It's different than an animal. Fire is different. Just like we just said, fire is different. So the question is, why not? Why, why is fire different? Why is there no payment? So the mother says, no, you can't learn from that. The Amr Yishlag Yishlag is explained. The reason for the mission is, going she hits his, he lit the fire on the, he burned him to death. He poured gasoline on him and lit a match. It's not that he lit a fire and the fire went and he pushed burned him directly. He's a murderer. So he's a murderer. When there's capital punishment, a capital crime, there's no financial payment. But in the case where he didn't, if it's just the fire went and it's like the ox, there's no difference. Of course, there would be financial. There would be financial payment. Who says not? Ella, rather, where did Rava learn this din? That by fire is different than the axe. That fire, we see by fire that you don't pay anything. We learned the Braise. So you can't bring for that mission. That mission we can explain, like Shlakish himself explained. We learned the Braise. That there is a strictness that we find by fire that we don't find the damage that fire causes that we don't find by the boy by the pit. Fire destroys everything. Something that's suitable for fire, like wood, something that's completely not suitable, like the, it could it could destroy, dry up the earth. You burn the earth. It's not suitable, it's not material suitable for burning, it doesn't burn. But the fire destroys, it doesn't allow it to grow, to plant, to, you know, you destroy the earth, you singe the earth. 
or the stones, and you did damage to it. So you also have to pay for the fire. Shenken you're only liable for something that's worthy of falling into a pit. It has to be a certain height. It has to be at least you know two and a half feet, a little more than two and thirty-one inches. If it's less than that, you're exempt. Because it has to be something that's suitable, that, that's, that, that's fit to, to do that damage. You know, if the animal dies, only if, it's, if it has to have a certain minimum requirement of the depth. It's not everyone, everyone that falls into the pit is liable for it. So we see there's a strictness in fire that that's exceeds birth. On the other hand, why doesn't he say another thing? He could have added. He could have said something else. Fire. If you do it unintentionally, if it kills a person unintentionally, you're, and there is no no there's no death sentence. There's no death penalty. Just a fire. But since uh, unintentionally, you don't pay any damage. He said in like he said, yeah, you don't pay any damage. A person falls and dies into the pit. You don't have to pay, but in the case of a fire, you would have to pay for the damage. According to you, Rabbi, that's say there is a financial, there's also besides the kaifer, besides the shleishim you have to pay damage, not worse than any regular damage. This is damage, you took a person's life away. So you should have said that in case of fire, there's a strictness you pay for the damage they did to the person by killing. But by bur, you're exempt. If you kill a person, he says there's no payment whatsoever. It's telling us that you exempt from any payment. But in the case of fire, you do have to pay. So in this we see that by fire also there is no payment. That's why he asked Rabbi, according to you, what's the difference between the axe that gores and your fire that is damaged? Why shouldn't it be payment? But the answer is no. Yeah, he could have said other things. He doesn't... He brings one example. He doesn't have to list all. He doesn't have to bring an exhaustive list of all. He brings one example. We find that age is stricter than birth. But indeed, he could have brought this as well. And maybe in age, there is you do pay for damages. And for birth, you don't. Like the rabbi says, there is no difference. Is just like an axe, you pay for damages. The axe gores and kills someone. So if five, your fire goes and burns someone and kills someone, you also have to pay. El Rav himself is asking. He's not asking. He's asking, Rabbi. According to you, would you say the same would be by fire? What's the question? Why, why shouldn't there be any difference? Why should it be? According to Rabbi, there shouldn't be any difference. Why, why is it even a question? Me, Amrin, do we say, only by axe that gores and kills someone do you have to pay for the damage. Because if he does it intentionally when you, and then you pay Kaif, the Torah adds this extra payment of Kaif. So therefore, shall be kavon even if do it unintentionally. At least mishalom dovim. Avalish with your fire, you do kavon only mishalom. If you do it intentionally, you don't pay kaif. Why? Why don't you pay kaif? Because by fire there is no din of kaif. It says ishay Allah v'loy Allah adam. Kaif yushas Allah. If you kill someone, not 
indirect yeah, fire. Yeah. Actually, he says, just like we learn, if a person, we learned earlier in the Gemara, the Gemara asks, why if you ask gores and kill someone, you pay kaifer? Why don't you say if a person killed someone, you pay kaifer? How much more so? If a person does damage, if you ask does damage, you only pay one payment. That's it. If a person does damage, you pay five payments. How much more so? You should pay kaifer. You don't. Because it says, you should all love only in this case, when you ask gores. Taylor speaks about an axe, not on the person. Same thing, an axe, and not, not a fire. So in case of fire, there is no kaifu. So in the case where kavana, you don't pay kaifu. Shleibu kavana, not in the case it's done unintentionally, you don't pay. You don't pay. There's no money. You don't pay anything. Dilma, perhaps, what we can say. On the contrary, buy an axe which is done unintentionally. And there's no kaif. After like even though there's no kaif, Mishalm Dabim still know you have to pay for the damage. Kabiyishinami. So also by fire. Afagav the kavana le Mishalm kaif. But even though if it's done, even if it's done intentionally, there's no kaif. Shleibu kavana Mishalm Dabim. But at least if it's unintentional, at least you should pay for the for the damage. Leadina. We don't know. Takeu. The rabbis couldn't answer the question. According to the rabbis' opinion, if in the case of age, do you pay for the damage or not? came from Israel to Babylonia. He said in the name of Rabbi Echanan, Koyf, it would have been enough. It says Koyf. Why says Im Koyf? Im is extra. The rabbis, it comes to add, Koyf, Shleib, Kavana, Koyf, Kavana. He argues. He argues. Rabbi Echanan argues with the rabbi, and the law follows Rabbi Echanan. Rabbi said that you only pay kaifer only, only if the animal gets stoned, which is only in the case was done by kavana. Mm-hmm. But Allah is like Rabbi Yechonah, Rabbi Yechonah says no. One has nothing to do with the other. If the animal doesn't get stoned, but you have to pay kaifer. Let's say it was done unintentionally, you didn't intend to kill anyone. Mistake. But the fact is, you killed someone, you need an atonement, and the owner has to pay the kaifer. Even unintentionally. That's the if, yes. If the animal killed him, the animal gored him, killed him unintentionally. And the animal does not get stoned to that. What has nothing to do with the other? That's the extreme. Why don't you say the same as with a with a Canaanite slave? Could have said Evid. Why don't you say the Rabbi's Evid Shleibe Kavana? Evid Kavana. According to you, Rabbi Yechonon, you're going to say the same as by a Canaanite slave. That you have to pay the Shleishim Shekel even if your axe killed him unintentionally, and the axe does not get stoned. Maybe you can say yes. Maybe yes. And what about the fire now? No, no, we're talking about fire. <laughs> <laughs> no one argues about fire. Dear, we learn from a puzzle. But here, says, you exempt. You don't have to pay this relationship check. So by Eved, he says clearly that when you don't stone the, the axe, that Gordon killed your Canaanite slave. You don't. You don't. The owner doesn't have to pay the thirty shekel. So why the difference? It says Im. Make up your mind. If Im comes to add, mm-hmm. in the case if you kill the regular Jew, a regular, yeah, you do have to pay even if the animal doesn't get stoned to death. So what if you learn Im? The case, same case as the slave. Im Evid. If you ask Gordon killed the Canaanite slave, even if it was done unintentionally, he doesn't get stoned. The owner should still pay the penalty of thirty shekels. Gabra, Gabra, you're asking for Nishlakish and Rabbi Yechna, and Rabbi Yechna would argue with Nishlakish. 
the brother-in-law, since when the brother-in-law's get along, the brother-in-law, yeah, we're, we're arguing. Yeah, he disagrees with it. And the Shlakas would argue in both cases. Maybe the Shlakas holds like an Abba. He doesn't hold of the Im. He holds in both cases you don't pay. You only pay the Kaifer and the Shlakas if if, if, if if you do it intentionally. If, if it's done intentionally and the animal gets stoned. He also heard up and came from Israel to Babylon. He said, It would have been enough, it said in the Pasuk, Ebed, not only Im Ebed. So it comes to add, the Im comes to add, Ebed Shleibu Kavon, 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 exactly. He said it clearly, Rabbi Echnan argues in both cases. The Im, he learns consistently. The Im comes to add, both in the case of the Ebed, both in the case of a free person, that you have to pay the Kaifin, you have to pay the, the 30 shekel, even if the animal is not stoned, even if the animal gored him unintentionally. Are you going to say, do you have to say the Shlokish argues in both cases? Since he doesn't learn the Im Evid, Im doesn't come to add anything by Evid, maybe he's saying he must say that the Shlokish argues and he must hold like Rabba, that the Im by Kaifer, Im Kaifer doesn't add, any, add, doesn't add anything either. That the kaifer also you don't pay unless the animal is stoned. Amri mm-hmm. the no, you don't have to say that. Ever im ever late daughters, but kaifer im kaifer he does expound. Maishna why why the difference did the two? Because ever im ever like sim makom teshlom im ever does not speaking about Taylor there is not speaking about payment. He said im ever yigach if your servant yigach hashreir if your ox will gore a slave. He's not talking about payment. So therefore the im doesn't come to add a payment that you have to pay even if the animal doesn't get stoned. That's not, that's not the place. Mm-hmm. But im it says im you know, we're talking about payment. So the im is coming to add it. You have to pay a payment even if the animal doesn't get stoned. So maybe the shlokas could even agree with Rabbi. Mm-hmm. Not that he has to agree with Rabbi. Let's minimize The brother was arguing. Let's minimize it. Let's not make it a full third World War Three. They agree. And some things they do agree. It happens. The Mishnah says that the same is true. It doesn't matter a Ben or a Bas. It says in the Torah, if you ask, gores and kills. Uh, habitual gore. Gores and kills a Ben, a son or a daughter. Teach us, it doesn't matter if he kills an adult, he kills a minor, it doesn't matter. But we can know this without the possible. A person kills a person. Right? It's a capital crime. You get capital punishment. And if an axe kills a person, you also kill the axe. So the axe is a capital punishment. You stone him to death. So doesn't matter if you murder. You only get the death sentence if you murder an adult. No, you murder a day-old baby. I mean, if you, if you know for sure that the dead baby is viable. It doesn't matter a minor or a major. Why do I need a Pasuk to teach me? Mm-hmm. The difference is it's, it's a priori. It's logically compelling argument. If a person kills a person, with a person, with a Torah, doesn't make it, makes a differentiation between minors and adults. Mm-hmm. On the killing end, the killer. Only an adult who kills gets the gets is, is gets the capital punishment. A minor who kills doesn't get the capital punishment. And nevertheless, but if the, on the on the the person the one who died 
You don't make a differentiation if the one who died is a minor or major. We continue on 40, uh, 44a. When an ox kills a person, it doesn't make time deal. It doesn't matter if it's a small ox, a baby ox, an adult ox, or whatever, a mature ox. Hashem shouldn't be involved in destroying the world and the person is How much more saying What difference does it make if he kills a child, he kills an adult? The says, no, without the Pasuk, I wouldn't know. How can you compare? A person, the Taita is strict because you see how strict the Taita is that if you do damage a person, those damage you have to pay an additional four payments, altogether five payments. Versus, how can you compare it to a Shreya? In the case of an ox, how can you pay the ox to a person? In the case of an ox, you only pay one, the owner only pays one damage. So maybe here the Taita is lenient. I wouldn't know it automatically from a person. So therefore, Tamut Leymar, I need the Pasuk to teach me that it doesn't matter who the ox gore killed, whether an adult or a minor. You're not allowed to stop having kids. Let's already finish the mission. This I only know in the case the Pasuk is speaking about an habitual gore. And how do we know that if, if a time, the first time, you also stone the animal to death, even if he kills a minor? This we can already learn from a din. We compare. Since he's obligated, an ox that killed a person, or man or woman. And he's also obligated, the Torah teaches us, even if it's a minor, a son or a daughter, just like a man and a woman, you don't differentiate, even a tam, you stone him to death, why is he making differentiation? Even the tam kills a minor, why are you differentiating? A man and a woman, you don't differentiate, you stone, you stone the animal, whether he's a bitch or not, so to a minor. If a man or a woman, when it comes to damages, the damages they have to pay for all the damages. And you don't make a distinction between the time and the mood. Even the first time, if you kill an adult, you have to pay. You have to stone the animal. They don't pay anything if they do any damage. No, you can't learn it. This, this, the logical is not so compelling. You can say, and automatically know the, 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 the children from the adults. So, how, so maybe only in the adults. The adults are tighter, strict. Because adult, you pay kaifer. In the case, in the uh, 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 a mood, a mood, you pay kaifer. So there, the Torah was strict when you add the, the children, the minors. But in the case of Tam, how can I learn? The Tam is more lenient. You don't pay kaifer. So maybe over there you don't pay. In addition, by a man and a woman, the reason why the, whether it's innocent or not, you stone the animals in mitzvahs because they're they're obligated in mitzvahs. They're exempt from mitzvahs and not mature adults. They're exempt from mitzvahs. Maybe then you don't you don't stone the animal. It says twice yigach and yigach. Why is he an extra yigach? Whether it gores when it's a habitual gore, and whether it's a, whether it's for death or whether he gored in order to do damage, even if he did damage and he didn't do he didn't kill them, he has to pay for the damage. Okay, everyone have a good Shabbos.